0: Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church sermon extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie, He's the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And if uh, you missed us on Sunday, it was Pentecost weekend, Pentecost Sunday, and uh, we were looking at our new series, The Spirit-Filled Life, and we were looking at Acts chapter 2, and the coming of the helper, of the, the promised helper that Jesus promised to his disciples when he ascended into heaven. And if you missed any of that, you weren't with us here on Sunday morning, or you weren't with us online, you can, of course, download it from WhitefieldsChurch.com or any of your favorite streaming platforms, Google, Apple and Spotify, we're on YouTube as well, and of course, Facebook. And if you would, please, uh, like and like and subscribe. Uh, review. Leave us five star review. Uh, leave a comment. Those kind of things really help boost us up in the ratings, up in the algorithm, and so that when people are asking, you know, questions about life and God and and, and these issues that we are discussing, then we can provide them with gospel-centered, Christ-centered content. And so this week we have we were looking at Acts chapter two as we began our new series called the Spirit-filled life. And we have you know this lot of stuff to cover here and uh one of them you know you you discussed the three the kind of the three prepositional the prepositions the relationships that we have with the holy spirit we just and the question arose was that you know that idea of of them waiting there in jerusalem is this what they some people refer to as the, the second blessing yeah, The so
1: second blessing is a term that's used in some charismatic circles. Uh, let me explain real quick. We describe three relationships with the Holy Spirit that are, uh, that we could summarize by using three prepositions. Now there are other words that are used in the Bible, uh, to describe those relationships, but I would say at whole, there are three distinct relationships, right? And so, um, the idea of a second blessing, it comes from the fact that, as we covered on Sunday, in John 20, verse 22, Jesus breathes on his disciples. This is after his resurrection, but before his ascension, he breathes on them and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. And yet, after that, before he ascends into heaven, he tells them, Now wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father the Spirit coming upon you to empower you for this mission. So they've received the Holy Spirit, but then they're supposed to wait, and they end up waiting for a week after Jesus' ascension until they receive the Holy Spirit. Now, that's really confusing. So we explain what that is. And, and those who use the term second blessing would agree with the first part of this, which is that they would say, yes, they received the Holy Spirit in John 20, in the indwelling in the sense of being saved, fulfillment of the prophecy from like Ezekiel and Jeremiah about that one day God's spirit would indwell people. That's how we're saved. That's what Paul the Apostle is always talking about in his letters, how we're sealed with the Holy Spirit when we believe, how every person who believes has the Holy Spirit within them, etc. cetera. Um, but then they still have to wait. So what is that waiting? Well, in some circles, these are charismatic circles, they use this term second blessing to say that it's one thing to believe in the Holy Spirit, that they would use this phrase sometimes to say, it's one thing to have the Holy Spirit. It's another thing if the Holy Spirit has you, right? Mm-hmm. And what they're describing is that this is something beyond just being saved or being sealed with the Holy Spirit. This is something where the Holy Spirit comes upon you to anoint you and, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, again, we're using terms that need to be defined, but I would personally avoid using the term second blessing. I think it's misleading and it doesn't actually encompass what I believe is is meant by what happened on uh, Acts chapter 2 on Pentecost, which is something that goes back through the entire Old Testament, where we read that the Holy Spirit came upon people like Gideon, Samson, David, Elisha, and others to empower them for the mission. So let's put it this way. In the Old Testament, people experienced the Holy Spirit with them, and the Holy Spirit upon them in some cases— but they didn't experience the Holy Spirit within them. That's a new thing which only comes about now that the redemptive work of Jesus is completed through his life, death, and resurrection. So I would just avoid the term. I think that um, it brings more confusion than clarity. Um, I would rather say this is the empowerment. So we have three things, the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, drawing people to Jesus, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. I think if we think of those things in those terms, we can see how different, um, we can see how those different relationships play out on the pages of scripture as we read about different things, and then we can think about how they play out in our lives as well. Now, one interesting thing, as I mentioned, there are three relationships, but sometimes different words are used. For example, in the book of Acts, it talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. It talks about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Where do those fit into it? And here's where it can become a little bit confusing, but it doesn't need to be very confusing, is that when Luke, who writes Luke and Acts, uses the word filled with the Holy Spirit, he is referring to the third relationship, almost exclusively. He only almost exclusively talks about the third relationship with the Holy Spirit being filled. Now, he does, he does make reference to the indwelling as well, but a lot of times when he says filled, he's speaking of the empowerment. Okay, but where Paul the Apostle talks about the idea of the Holy Spirit in you, and he'll say, like in Ephesians 5, don't be filled with wine, or don't be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. He's using filled in the sense of the indwelling. And throughout his writing, that's his big focus, is on salvation and indwelling and the inner transformation, which again was prophesied in the Old Testament. So that can become confusing. I'll give you an example. In Luke chapter, ooh, is it chapter one? I think it's chapter one. The angel appears to the parents of John the Baptist, And he says that John the Baptist from birth will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, wait a second. Does that mean that he's going to experience the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? But nobody experienced the indwelling of the Holy Spirit until after Jesus' redemptive work was done. So how does that work? Well, again, this is Luke talking, and he's talking about the empowering of the Holy Spirit, which would not be a surprise to us because we saw a lot of people in the Old Testament empowered by the Holy Spirit. And this was for uh, sometimes a limited duration You know, like, for example, with Saul, we see the Holy Spirit came upon him. And then at one point, the Holy Spirit was taken from him. Now, that only makes sense because we understand that the Holy Spirit wasn't indwelling him. The Holy Spirit was empowering him. And then that empowerment left. Okay, so when we read that, another one is that we'll see that the uh, disciples or the apostles in the book of Acts, they're filled multiple times. Right? So like in Acts 2, they're filled, and then again, they're filled in Acts chapter 4, where it says that they were in this place, they were persecuted, they prayed, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and boldness. And so sometimes, you know, people will pray, Lord, fill us with your Spirit. Well, we should understand what that means. We're not necessarily referring to the indwelling of the Spirit, right? We've already been indwelled. That's not something we have to ask for again. But what we're talking about is the empowering of the Holy Spirit and And that is something that we want continuously. We want uh, to be filled, you know, and have the Holy Spirit upon us in the sense of empowering us for everything that God calls us to do. So that's where some of the confusion come in. I think it's much more clear
0: and biblical to think of it in terms of three relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that, that using that word empowerment, I think that's very, very helpful because that's that's exactly what the lord wants to do he was he wants to empower us for the work of his ministry you know and i i mean i i know i pray that every single sunday i think that lord fill us with your spirit lord fill our children's ministry workers with your spirit fill our ushers fill our security people fill our audio people with your spirit to do the work of the ministry. And and what's it gonna be? To be a reflection of God's love, to be, you know, breathe that fragrance of Christ to all the people that come in here. You know, if it's a word of wisdom, if it's in prayer time, healing or whatever it might be. And and that's basically to be empowered for the work of the ministry. And I think, you know, I think even within the, you know, the charismatic circles, I think the the desire is to be used of the Lord, to be empowered of Mm -hmm. the Lord, And, and to be dependent on the Lord and, you know, semantics aside, I think that's kind of the end goal. If everybody across the scope, you know, whatever word you use, I think if your desire is to be dependent on the Lord and to be empowered by the Lord, then, you know, we're going to maybe have different words, but the end goal is I want to be, I know that I can't get up on the stage if the Lord is not with me, you know? And, you know, I always think was Moses thought, Lord, if your glory doesn't go with us, then we're not going anywhere. (laughs) It's kind of that idea, like, God, if you're not here, you don't come and be in this place today and fill us with your spirit. Then there's no, um, you know, there's just no point in doing any of this. It's all in the flesh, you know? Where
1: where I've seen some of the, some of the things with the Holy Spirit, gifts of spirit, et cetera, go a little bit where I'd say, okay, it's starting to kind of kind of miss a point mm-hmm. and become maybe, maybe even unhealthy. I think a lot of times it has to do with where it becomes focused on me, right? It becomes, mm-hmm. uh, a self focused thing where it's like, I want to see, uh, miracles and stuff like that. I want to experience goosebumps. I want to have this experience. And I like this phrase that I heard uh, a while back and this person said, the steam in the steam engine might toot the horn. But the purpose of the steam in the steam engine is to move the train forward, not to
0: toot the horn. The tooting the horn is yeah. just a side effect, right? Yeah, no, I completely, I completely agree. Um, the next question comes from an 11-year-old while they were eating their macaroni. And the question was, based on a story you told um, in your sermon about you and I and uh, not recognizing each other at a train station I was supposed to meet you, and we didn't find each other. And her question was that, you know, because you were equating it to, uh, um, you know, the helper not coming. Of course, um, thank the Lord, I'm not not the Holy Spirit. But um, the 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 idea was that her question was that you didn't recognize me. I didn't recognize you. Uh, and the question is, do we sometimes not recognize? The work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So,
1: so I was saying you were the promised helper. I was the promised helper. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) And you were there, but I didn't recognize you in fact, in spite of the fact that you were there. And she asked, well, do you think it's sometimes true that we, that the Holy Spirit is sometimes working and we don't recognize it? Yeah. And I would say, yes, that's absolutely
0: (laughs) true. Yeah. No. And, and how is that? How do we sometimes miss that?
1: Yeah, I think we're just, I, I think that we can, you know, think in a fleshly way. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, he says, I will make it my goal no, to no longer view or perceive anyone according to the flesh as I formerly did. Mm. We even viewed Jesus according to the flesh, but we no longer do so. So how do we, what does that mean? Then we view everyone with spiritual eyes, with spiritual goggles, and we view our situations with that way. Where where are the ways where the Holy Spirit is working? Where are the ways where he is nudging, insisting, leading? Um, And we want to be sensitive to that.
0: Yeah, and I think that goes back to our first question in in sometimes where people go awry with these, you know, being empowered by the Spirit of the Second blood or whatever the term they might use, is that, as you said, it becomes me-centered, and we're like, I want to be empowered for the things that I want to do. And God is like, I want to empower you for the things that I want to do. And many times those ships don't meet in the night. And, And I think that's very important for any church, any leadership. I know it's been important in my ministry to always be in tune with what God's doing not necessarily even in my 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 city but what God's doing specifically in the church what does God want to do here at Whitefields Community Church and how can I be how am I going to be a part of that with the gifts that he's given me and that when he empowers me to to use those gifts am I using them for the ministry and the mission that he has for our church which is part of, of course of the larger body of Christ, you know, and, and that, as that kind of s- spreads out, but it's kind of starts out with our, our church, you know, and being aware, you know, of what God is doing and the message that God is speaking to each one of the people that sit in these ch- chairs on Sunday mornings. So, well, it's a great way to end this is that, you know, um, you know, what is God doing in your life? And, uh, are you wanting to be empowered for the things that the Lord wants to do through your life? Not necessarily the things you want to do through your life and I think that's that's a struggle we all have you know we always but I think our greatest desire is to be a part of what the Lord is doing in his church and how can we be a part of that and I think you know if you take some time to pray the Lord says if you ask I will give You know, just seek first his kingdom and and these other things will be added unto you. So maybe spend some time this week praying through and praying for the Lord to empower you, you know, to fill you once again for those things that he's called you to do. So again, once again, if you missed uh, WhitefieldsChurch.com, get over there. You can download it, share it with a friend. It's very important. You know, a lot of people that may be living anemic lives in their faith because they haven't, they don't know what's available to them in the Holy Spirit. So join us next week. We're going to continue through our series called Spirit-Filled Life, and we look forward to seeing you again. God bless.